Hello and welcome to The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, episode 44, proudly sponsored by our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. Now, speaking about betting smarter, here he is, the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. What a good segue. You're getting, uh, it's getting better every uh, every week, the segue to me. So, g'day, Bernard. It's lovely to uh, to hear your voice. Obviously not see you today as we're, we're back doing uh, long-distance stuff as my house is once again a quarantine zone, um, but it's lovely to hear your voice nonetheless. How are you, Bernard? Not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to uh, getting stuck into Blackheart Bart Stakes Day. You know, admittedly, it has been a bit of a lull, which is to be expected in the off-season, especially when it's wet at Belmont, but uh, credit where it's due. This Saturday's card has a bit of spice to it and really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is a cracker. I was just saying to you before we started, we often... We'll mention that the um, that we're not ex- enthused about the card or excited about what's to come, but this has got a couple of really nice clashes, and we have a feature race which is um, carnival worthy. Bj, yeah, it's a beauty, isn't it? It's absolute beauty. So we'll get to that shortly. First off, big thanks to Michael Heaton coming on the show last week. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking uh, everything to do with WA racing, and um, I think he's been converted, Guru. What do you think? He gave the mm. pineapple and steak sandwiches a very enthusiastic two thumbs up. Yeah, there was there was a tiny bit left on his plate at the end. Everything else was gone. Enjoyed the steak sandwich. One of my better ones last week, actually. Added some sour cream last week. I thought that was – I don't know if you noticed that, VJ. It's something I wanted to I discuss with you during I, the – Yeah, just a very a small sort of – this little spread of sour cream onto the onto the bun. Obviously, we had the barbecue sauce as well, but um, I reckon that was a little addition, which uh, went unnoticed, but your taste buds uh, – would have been thanking me for that one. I actually, I actually thought you you mixed it up with the bun. I thought the bun was mm. uh, was mm-hmm. was was elite last yep. week. So yeah, no, it was soft, wasn't it? I feel as though that was a bit of a change. So mm-hmm. I always like always like to improve. If you're not, uh, what do they say? Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better, BJ, and your better is the best. Very nice. I like it. So yeah, looking forward to getting back to one one HQ for another. Uh, steak sandwich, but it won't be for a while yet as you're off to Kalgoorlie for the round next Thursday. Let's use this opportunity. We need you need a, We need a co-host for BJ next week. I'm still a chance of recording uh, from Kalgoorlie, but I just I just don't know if that's going to be um, in everyone's best interest after a, uh, after <laughs> I've after I've had a couple of roffies at the uh, Calcutta the previous night. So if there is someone out there that wants to uh, team up with. Uh, the, the most informed tipster in uh, in Western Australia and BJ Ryan and host next week's episode. Or we have someone in mind that isn't going to Kalgoorlie because uh, every man and his dog have even been scrolling. There's a couple of sharp operators on the uh, on the tweet, and uh, yeah. it seems like most seems like most of them are off to uh, Kalgoorlie as well. But uh, we need a co-host for for Bernard next week. So if uh, if you got someone in mind, shoot us a message. Do so, yeah. Do that. Hit us up at the One One Pod on Twitter, because otherwise I'll be uh, I'll be it was solo pod. I'll be flying solo. Well, and uh, if I do get hold of Terry, it will be might be a bit of an interesting discussion after <laughs> a Wednesday Wednesday night out in Kalgoorlie. Okay, so last Saturday between us, we managed to find a few winners on the card, and hopefully we can do the same this Saturday. But I have to ask Terry, what did you think of the Celebrity Queen Cliffs of Comfort photo, mate? Yeah. Um, well, what did I think of the photo? I uh, 
Uh, I've done the. Uh, I was watching it with my uh, my housemate. I've done the earlier at the hundred. I, I I just about turned away from the telly, went back to the computer, started updating the spreadsheet with a few. You know, it was a pretty pretty big old result in the old spreadsheet. I wanted to get in there as soon as possible, and um, yeah, no, that didn't uh, that didn't go too well. I was actually at a engagement party on the Saturday night, um, and uh, the the judge was uh, at the engagement party. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got stuck into him about the uh, about that photo, but not a great deal he can do. That's racing, BJ. Over the over the long journey, they'll all equal themselves out. That's right. That's right. A bit of positivity from the guru mm. this morning, listeners. That's ah, good. Just, just, you got a, you got a fair bit of that in the text yesterday, didn't you? Just all, <laughs> my, po- po- all my positivity coming through after a couple of the uh, couple of the steers. And how how did you treat yourself not win the last yesterday? You're actually kidding me, aren't you? <laughs> I reckon I've lost the last 4,000 photos I've been in that have been tight. And I actually thought I'd won that one on the line too. So, dearie me, it's a tough old game at times. Isn't Amarissa, it? and there was a bit of a tip around for it there too. Was, there was, there was, yeah, there was. Yeah, uh, there was some smart operators that were uh, throwing that around. And I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't I don't cop tips as you know. I'm not a big tip person. But Cam um, O'Brien, who is the uh, who is representing Victoria in the Betfair Origin, mm-hmm. he was um, keen yesterday on Amarissa. So he tipped it three starts ago in Origin yeah. with um, he Sasha Starley on board. Ago with Sasha Starley on board, and I, uh, I I lobbed up in our Betfair. We had a little WhatsApp Betfair Origin chat, and I lobbed up. Um, I said to him, I think it was 15, 20 bucks at the time. I said, here's some 50s or 60s on Betfair. And I lobbed that up to for a 5 or 6K liability. And he uh, he chomped it all up and uh, he about <laughs> 25s that day. So that was a lot thinner than I had it. Uh, it went horribly. Because last start, it was backed into favoritism too. So it, it was, it, there's yeah, been some yeah. um, something about smoke and fire, BJ. And uh, yeah, they got the they got the chockies at the third go. So good on them. Yeah, CJP just lifting late mm. um, in the zone is Clint Johnston Porter. Now we have a massive extra long weekend of racing across Australia, but uh, from a WA racing perspective, things kick off sh- well bloody strongly under lights at the Valley tomorrow night. That's Friday night under lights with the fabulous Fabergino lining up in the Group One. $1 million Moya stakes over the 1,000 metres. Can she do it for Tiana Robertson and Connections? Terry. Well, yeah, she definitely can. I'm, I'm super excited to see uh, to see Fabergino go around and what a big opportunity for uh, for Peter Nucky as well. What a, what a story that would be for, for Tiana Robertson and Peter Nucky to go across there and, and nick a little G1. I reckon the entirety of West Australia will erupt. The big Liverpool grey can uh, lead from pillar to post. Lucky Nucky, what a, what an occasion for mm. uh, for Pete. I mean, he'd be f- mid forties, I'd say forty five, forty six, in the definitely in the twilight of his career. He was probably wondering whether an opportunity at this level would ever present itself again. But here he is uh, at Mooney Valley on the big stage, riding um, riding a super horse in Fabergino. So good luck to Pete and connections. Actually, when I was growing up, uh, Pete spent quite a few years over in Victoria. He was a champion apprentice in WA and went over to Victoria in the early early 90s and uh, rode a heap of winners for big stables, even won a Memsey Stakes aboard Island Morn. I think that was back in 1994. So he was pretty hot property back in back in the day, Pete, and here he is back on the big stage. So good luck to everyone involved. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a cracking watch. The Moya, that 1,000-metre group one, uh, wait for ages, always, uh, always a fascination. And uh, at the moment, the market has Fabergino anywhere from 380 to 420. Uh, so she's um, she's current favourite 
which is interesting. Trekking the Goodwood winner. He was over here for a winter bottom last uh, year, I believe. He's in the market as is Bella, Vela and Pippi, but it does look a terrific option for Fabergino, especially with that boom, Sydney Colt Anders being scratched as well. So here we go. Here we go. Fab Fab. Now on the undercard, WA Racing is represented, well represented with Perfect Jewel. She's also a favourite in her uh, Group 2 $200,000 stock stakes assignment. So yeah, as the market suggests, that does look a um, a very winnable race for Perfect Jewel coming out of a, um, I thought it was quite a meritorious performance in the uh, Group 1 Maccabi Diva stakes from um, so William Pike in the saddle. Pikey will no doubt be fired up. After a tough day at the office last Saturday, yeah, with uh, Superstorm, he was in desperate need of clear galloping room in the Group 1. Rupert mm. Clark and the Hayes Dabenig filly, Queen of Rocks, she was a good thing beaten also, so the Wizard was licking his wounds post-Caulfield last Saturday. Yeah, he certainly was. He, uh, we got that. Uh, we've seen the reaction a few times. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't make too many blues, and he didn't necessarily make a blue. He just. It was funny watching. Uh, what was his ride in the first or second? I think it was race one. Queen of Rocks. Queen of Rocks. He was three back the fence, and um, it's just a situation where he go. He went to push out, and I think ninety percent of the jockeys in um, in in Perth, probably Chris Parnham and. Paul Harvey aside, um, would usually just let him out of that gap and he gets through and he wins well and it's a typical pike ride. But uh, I think it's just the the deeper doc, uh, jockey ranks over there which have uh, just meant some of those gaps aren't as forthcoming as they may be in WA. But it's um, yeah, it's great to watch him over there and, uh, and see him do his business against the, um, the big boys. They don't give an inch over there, do they? No, so, no. Well, watch all these rides. Watch the Stewards Patrol films which they have on racing.com. Have you seen those, Terry? I haven't, no. Oh, Magnificent. So they have the stewards vision for all the metro races at least. Anyway, that would if you're listening, uh Rawa, that would be a, a fantastic addition to the Chris website if you can get around to putting some stewards patrol film on there. But I think he got it into his head that he wanted to follow the good the good jocks and followed uh Damien Oliver and Craig Williams in yeah, and unfortunately he uh, he come a cropper on Queen of Queen of Rocks in the first. So Behemoth won the Rupert Clark, and Oliver Damien Oliver was on Cascadian, who was in the market as well, and Pikey was following Cascadian, and um, you know as it turned out, Craig Williams on Behemoth managed to get out into clear galloping room and launch over the top of them to win, and both Damien Oliver and Cascadian and Pikey on Superstorm just never never got a crack at him unfortunately, but um, it was good to see Superstorm perform i just feel like he was curled up he was he was all set to explode and i reckon with uh with clear galloping room he would have run top three in that that race on saturday he's going to be super hard to beat stepping up to a mile next start hopefully definitely now pike you got a bit of a uh consolation prize and a bit of a confidence booster with coming around winning at uh, the gold nugget at ballarat on sunday that was a four four horse field and uh pike is lobbed outside leader and sort of a bit of a sit and steer job but uh still a win's a win and um just another update i did catch the vrc derby trial there was a midweek flemington meeting yesterday terry and pikey rode a horse for godolphin called choir he was uh he was a bit stiff it was a super run it got out of the ground late to run third but i reckon he would have been one of six jockeys in that race who have come back and said to uh, their respective connections that they should have won the race i've never seen so many hard luck stories in one race but moving forward if pikey can keep the ride on both queen of rocks and choir they're two um promising three i was heading towards the perhaps a crack at the uh vrc oaks and, and the vrc derby so hopefully dale verhagen get to work and smooth those things over and book pikey on those two three odds and he 
might be able to pick up a feature race in that bracket this spring. Now, last thing about the East Coast, have to mention slashing Rupert Clark Stakes performances from Akinar Star and Reykjavik, finishing fourth and fifth respectively. Uh, they both went super for the Lindsay Smith stable and their WA-based connections, while a latest update on the Velvet King from Peter Moody is that he's galloping well this week, should be ready to jump out or trial very soon before heading back to the races, Terry. So we have a uh, Black Art Stakes Day preview to get stuck into, but before we do... Big congrats to Sean O'Donnell, Justine Erklands, and Connections of Friar Fox, who took out last Sunday's $100,000 Boulder Cup at Kalgoorlie. Yeah, no, he did a tremendous job. I was, I was a little bit, uh, I, I don't, I was a little bit dirty at the Superior Smile ride in that same race, uh, Bernard. I was perplexed mm. that uh, in a race with no speed whatsoever, apart from Major Mambo, who I think would have been content probably handing up, that uh, Superior Smile was jagged out the last and held up for a run until about the 250. It was um, complete utter madness. And Major Mambo at a million to one has run second or third in the race. So I, I reckon you'll find Superior Smile would have won the race going forward. But let's just start. Let's just hope perhaps at 4.30 p.m. after a long and weary campaign in the goldfields that we can um, perhaps snare a Kalgoorlie Cup with Superior Smile, maybe. But Pierce Brothers. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that was a, the tactics going into the race. I don't know whether that was jockey-orientated from the gates or, or whatnot, because he didn't. He definitely didn't miss the kick. It was his decision instantly from the gates. He had no other thought process in his mind. But that's one of those times where I, I'm surprised there was no query about the change in tactics. Mm, I was just about to ask that. Were they, was there any stewards query? Not that I saw, no. It's yeah. just um, it's just they just pick and choose, I think, when they when they want to uh, when they want to query him. But um, no, Sean um, rode a cracker there. Didn't ride as big a cracker on uh, on Pretty Fry yesterday, though, for uh, for Justine Urkel. And so I think he's uh, he might be a bit lucky that he... Uh, um, he jagged a, a, a boulder uh, for her because that was um, it was a pretty pretty ordinary steer yesterday. Not talking out of my pocket, of course, BJ. I'd never do that. But um, <laughs> right. anyway, let, let's move on. Let's move on. Only positivity today. Goldfields, though. Yeah, you how what how how's the preparation going? Before you uh, you fly yeah, out, yeah, yeah. How's the how's the how's the preparation in what sense? Yeah, we're flying out Wednesday morning, yep. so um, preparation's spot on actually. Yeah, I think I've really got my body at peak fitness <laughs> for what's likely to be some form of arduous campaign in the goldfields. Punishing preparation. Seems like every person in the world's going as well. So I don't know how they're going to fit them all in. There's 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 talk that they're going to run the Calcutta, which is usually at the Tats Club. Uh, at the track, which would be uh, which would be pretty cool, because the Tats Club's already heaving for Calcutta night, but um, obviously with the the capacity laws at the moment, um, they wouldn't be able to fit everyone in. So hopefully we move it to the track, and hopefully I'll be interested to see how the week goes with uh, the fifty percent capacity rules and how that affects everything, because it's, it's usually a town you cannot move in any venue during the week at least. So it'll be um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But now we're excited, ready to go, all re- all revved up. What happens on the Wednesday? Is that just a uh, keep powder dry situation before Hannah's or is there a, well you might remember BJ actually uh, we actually won the last year uh, I bought tell them we're coming in the um in the Calcutta so for those who don't know what the Calcutta is we all congregate at the Tats Club as I said it's usually at the Tats Club the night before the uh the Hannans and the night before the, the Cow Cup long story short we yeah we you, you bid for a horse you grab the horse and there's a prize pool so I just try to figure out what I think they're going to trade it late on Betfair might give myself a price for each horse and sort of go up to that type of level and tell them where come was the one that snuck in under I think it traded around three bucks and I ended up with sort of like three dollars fifty plus you get your money back for second something third so uh we'll head there with the lads and um yeah see if we can uh see if we can claim back-to-back Hannans Calcutta's. Very good. Okay. So, good luck 
in your uh, quest for back-to-back Calcutta mm. victories, Guru. Now it's time to preview Blackout Bar Stakes Day, Belmont on Saturday. So we're recording. It's 10.30am uh, on Thursday, September 24. Nine races, Belmont this Saturday. We have Northern Racing on Sunday and we're back at Belmont for Monday's Queen's birthday public holiday meeting. So Fedasat's going to be full on over the next three to four days. Guru? Yeah, it's all happening. So this is our this will be our final Belmont preview, won't it? Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Because obviously we're not doing the Monday. So yeah, no, I'm um the Kalgoorlie and it's straight to Ascot the week after. So yeah, the next time we'll probably next time we're doing a, a podcast be our opening day at Ascot. And um gee, looking forward to uh looking forward to getting back to, to headquarters. But uh this is a great card to to send out Belmont. Absolutely. So stay tuned throughout the uh, one one the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind Competition and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions, respectively. My pre-markets preview, the leg up, that was released at 7 a.m. this morning. So if you're looking for a written preview, jump on bestbets.com.au. It can also be found on the Ozrace website. While Terry and Daniel Cripps, lethal combination they are, they are, uh, have you recorded the Wild West or uh, you'll be recording no, it no, today? No, we're going to, um, yeah, we're going to quarantine ourselves. We might even go back to the dome. A few people found it quite humorous listening to the crying children in the, in the dome. So that was probably <laughs> because they were backing our uh, suggestions. Um, so we might go back to the, uh, we might, it's 30 degrees today. So we're going to have to get out. So we might even just, just go rigs out, I think, for the magnificent. Um, Get, get down the beach, perhaps, yeah, and record it. But no, that'll be recorded uh, this afternoon. And um, we kicked off, uh, we got a winner in Origin yesterday. It was a shame that the money came. We tipped it at about three bucks. But uh, Fiery Water went forward as we hoped and led and got the job done. So um, we're sitting, well, we're back to fifth of five, but we should be back to fourth or third. But we're on the cusp. I think uh, we agree on one pretty strongly, um, this card. So that'll be, uh, that'll be our go again. So let's hope we can get WA and it's right position on top of the ladder yeah up to sangropers so if you want to catch the wild west the video preview from terry and daniel jump on the betfair hub that's betfair.com.au while all the betfair state of origin competition details and updates is available on the website as well as well as the betfair australia twitter feed where can all our listeners find the one one terry BJ, thanks for asking, actually, BJ. The one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. All right. So it's a magnificent day in Perth, oh. Western Australia today. What are what, what's happening over the next couple of days, Terry? Is it gonna are we gonna maintain this beautiful spring weather, or uh, is there a bit of a uh, bit of drizzle heading our way? Well, it's about uh, 11 p.m. The rain's going to come. I've actually got a little date on the rain on the beach. We'll discuss how that goes next week. Uh, so we're about the rain's going to come in at about 11 o'clock, so Friday night, um, and we're going to see a consistent drizzle until I'd say probably five, six, seven o'clock on Saturday. What it sounds like. So we're gonna we're gonna have a wet track during the meet, but um, it hasn't. It's not going to be 
rain that has uh, been torrential all uh, all week. So I, going back to the true pad, we haven't raced there for about a month or so. We haven't been at that, the true position since the 29th, the 8th. So yeah, the best part of a month. Played pretty fair that day. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's guesswork when, we are, um, when we're going back to that pad for the first time in so long. But I'm just going to allow for a completely fair track, PJ. So last week you did throw a stat our way regarding leaders at mm. at Belmont, yes. and we had a, a leader yes. win yesterday. Fiery water. We did, we did. Uh, it was the leaders. What was that over? What was the journey of that one? The twelve hundred. It was leaders over twelve hundred, though. That's right. That's that was right. the statistics. So it has. Uh, there hasn't been. Your usual, uh, the usual pattern of of a couple of, uh, especially and all the leaders that have won at the. Shorter journeys um, have been pretty well in the market too. So um, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know really what to, to put it down to because wind conditions, rail positions, um, weather, it's all been different. There's no, been no sort of uh, constant in why that's occurring. But um, look, back to the true pad. We do know when it goes back to the true pad on occasion, it can play rail really heavy. Mm-hmm. Not expecting that at this, at this stage of the season, but um, you want to be wary about it just in case. Okay, let's get cracking, Terry. Race one is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Maiden over 1,200 metres. But on a on a day uh, of uh, very interesting, <laughs> competitive, high-quality horse flesh, low-key start, I would say, to the day. Yeah, this is, uh, this is this is pretty thin. It's a really thin maiden, too. It's not just a maiden. It's a thin maiden. Um, no, not much for me here. The only horse that looks like it might have some upside, and I really liked uh, her first up run. I think most people end up having this horse on top by default. Is a horse that uh, I'm surprised is racing on a Saturday, and that's Wednesday, <laughs> BJ. <laughs> Yeah, really good. Looked pretty green on debut when um, not not getting the best of starts. Found some trouble in the straight. Hit the line nicely in what I think will end up being a stronger maiden. So, yeah, Wednesday's a horse that's probably got the upside here. Just a little um, shout out to Jared Noski, who's training and riding. First time we've seen uh, trainer-rider combo. I guess Michelle Hagley's been doing it a bit up in the dirt, but uh, Kira Yule did it with a um, with a couple as well. But good luck to to Jared Noski um, embarking on his training career. But uh, I'm going to stay out here, BJ. Wednesday, the obvious Darcel, clear second pick, but no, nah, this is thin. Very thin. I'm I'm with you, mate. I think this is a good race for Wednesday. Comes out of a better maiden, I feel, on debut. I think the 1,000 first up, rising to 1,200 suits. Nice low draw for Stevie Punner. The Cliffy Green runners are uh, performing quite admirably mm. recently. I'm not that keen mm-hmm. to play, but from a tipping point of view, I think Wednesday will beat Darcel and maybe Devil's Dust and Ruby Chino fighting it out for third and fourth. But Wednesday for me as well. Now, this is more like it, oh. isn't it? Race this two? Is, this is. This is, uh, yeah, this is a cracker. From a speed map point of view, so we're over the 1,000 metres here for the um, for the three-year-olds. You can't jump into this race with supreme confidence because we just simply don't know how Gemma's son's going. Yeah. Um, very interesting not to trial uh, Gemma's son on return here. Can either probably view that as the fact that David Harrison thinks that um, – He's flying, or perhaps he doesn't really want to waste one of uh, one run in a trial. Wants to give him a shorter campaign. Not too sure exactly what the thought process is here. But from a map point of view, where are you expecting Jemison to get? Thought long and hard about this. Mm. I could imagine you did. Did it keep you up last night? <laughs> I reckon he leads. Yeah. Initially, I thought Brooklyn Pier would lead, mm-hmm. but then um, then I've got the impression that Christy Bennett, just let him roll. He's a big, strong horse. I'd be surprised if they'd sit outside Brooklyn Pier with Stevie Parnham raiding Brooklyn Pier. I think Gemma's son rolls to the front and leads. 
Yeah, it's definitely probably the most likely outcome that Jemison goes to the top and leads. And if Jemison goes to the top and leads, you're talking Friday night probably ends up three back the fence um, on the back of Brooklyn Pier. It's a difficult spot there for uh, for Friday night, especially with Dunbar, I presume, will be sitting outside of Friday night, potentially with Starfield impacting the breeze, our Danny 1-1. Um, I think it'll work out something like that. I'm you got to remember, Jemison has sat in the past, and if Christie doesn't get it out too well, that ride on Patristic for Christie last week, that was a genuine 10 out of 10. So I, I love the fact that she had a plan B, because I still think that they, the intention there was to lead, but after Patristic didn't jump well, um, she's taken a sit. And I think we might see something here on Jemison if they don't jump, jump too well. I don't think they're going to be desperate to sort of sool um, him around them to find the top, but... Cracking, cracking, cracking little race. What do you think? Do you think do you think Brooklyn Pier will hold up? I think I think Steve Parnell will be happy to hold up, but he'd be also happy to follow the blueprint from the victory over Matt yeah. Torio yeah. last week. But I'm really interested with Gemma Sun returning. Interesting statistic. And I know you're big on my statistics, BJ, but uh, how many horses from the Caracatta have come back and uh, performed up to the level we expected? The answer is not many. Um, you've got Watch Me Dance, who came back and little bit flat behind Clairvoyance, couldn't run into second place. Dark Assault ran no. third, hasn't, hadn't, didn't come back all that well. Starfield Impact hasn't come back as, as good a horse. It's plodding away and running okay races, hasn't come back um, that good a horse. Dom Deschute uh, has come back and looked good. Um, I don't think yep. that was Chris Parnham's best a week ago. Our Danny's come back looking okay. And then the horses which ran 13th and 14th timescale in Brooklyn Pier are the only two horses yep. to have come back and won from the Caracatta, which yeah. was now six months ago. So I'm big on really wanting to see these two-year-olds turn up and run. And I, I'm always going to take them on um, on return. So for me, it's Friday night here. Um, I really would love to see Brooklyn Pier hold up and um, Jordan Turner will be able to take the back of the leader with a horse like Starfield Impact and the Breeze, which allows Jordan Turner to push out, even if it is... Gemma Sun in the breeze. Um, I think Jordan will be able to push out under Christy Bennett. Uh, it's easier to push out under some of the apprentices. But um, yeah, I think what we saw from Friday night was enough to speculate at something near three bucks, BJ. Yeah, it's a, this Christy Bennett booking on Gemma Sun is one of a number of three kilo claimers on fancied runners that we're going to be covering in the preview. Mm. There's quite a few. So the Betfair exchange is going to be a fascination on the day whether people will be taking on these, uh, the likes of Christy Bennett and Maddie Derrick with their riding some of the fancied runners throughout the day. This is a good booking from Harrison though. Uh, with for a horse that you want to jump and run, I'm always happy to use your claim. Yep. Some of the ones we'll get to later are very interesting bookings from Bob. Of all people on a on sit and sprinters, we saw Maddie on Bogart yesterday, and Bogart was well supported, and I, I struggled to find how that money was coming for a horse who notoriously is quite difficult to ride, gets back in races. Yeah. Yep. Uh, needs to be, you know, you need needs to be really astutely steered. And um, Gemma Sun is, is a smart booking, I think, from David Harrison. Um, good claim, 58 and a half, only gets in a tick above Dunbar. Yeah, it, it's a nice spot, but how well has he came back? Mm. Okay, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I uh, was obviously pretty keen on Friday night on debut, did a lot wrong, uh, but um, very raw, but obviously... He uh, he'll be better for the for the race experience. The closing speed he showed on that on that day is, is suggests how um how much of an engine he does possess. I uh, I actually think that Dunbar is the biggest danger to Friday night. Unbeaten in his two two year old starts last prep, and it's very unusual to see a Cerise and White Peter's Investments runner have two starts as a two year old. He won them both. What did you think about the trial? 
the final 60, 70 metres of the trial, I thought Chris asked for a little effort and I thought Shackleton, who has been off the circuit for a couple of years, I thought Shackleton went to the line better than Dunbar. Maybe that's something to say for Shackleton, who I think is going around on Monday. But um, yeah. that was my yeah. only sl- slight concern there. Um, I've got I've got Dunbar second in line as well. Yeah, But that was yeah. my only slight concern, that final 60, 70 metres in the trial where the, where the Dunbar really attacked the line. So, yeah, cracking race to view and see how these, uh, these two gun... Now three-year-olds come back. Yeah, and, and we know what, what the Peters horses do in their three-year-old seasons. And um, this horse just must be a little bit different from the mould of his usually classic style three-year-olds in that he had those two wins in May, put away back for a, uh, I guess, potential Guineas campaign. I'm uh, I'm expecting Chrissy Parnham to sit back and watch everything unfold and bring him with one crack at him late. Yep. But for me, I, I think Friday night, hopefully that full race day experience just sharpens him up a bit from the lower draw geordie turner can hopefully be a bit more positive be a bit closer in running and uh yeah if he's within striking distance i think friday night has the closing speed to get it done dunbar launching late i'm happy to take on Gemma's son first up no trial with christy bennett in the saddle yep i'm with you so we're tipping wednesday in the first friday and the second that's it mm. <laughs> Uh, Friday on my mind. So we've got uh, race three, Glenroy Chaff Handicap. It's uh, another race for the three-year-old set weights and penalties. This doesn't have the same amount of class, I would say. <laughs> Fair enough to say, Terry? Yeah, I was getting interested to say how you are going to word that. No, these are, this is two $70,000, well, last time it was the mile, but this time the 1,400-metre three-year-old middle distance race. Uh, that is pretty ordinary. So... Um, we we were both pretty keen on off we go, um, and uh, and he got the chockies. A um, and off he went. Off he went. Exactly right. Nice steer from yeah. CJP. A nice patient steer. Didn't beat much that day though. And the drop down to fourteen hundred is of concern. But geez, this isn't this isn't very deep, is it? Do you think they're going to back up surveillance after he ran second to Outback Jack yesterday? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But I reckon um, they will. I reckon they yeah, will. if if they do, I don't think it matters all that much to be honest with you. If if they do or if they don't, it wasn't a bad effort in front of Outback Jack. Outback Jack's got a fair bit of scope, and that might be a reasonable form line. But just the way this race looks to me on paper, um, if you run this race six seven times, you might get six seven different results. So yeah. I think Chicklet will come a long way forward. There was a month between runs between that second to Kerman Rock, who while that was only in a three year old maiden at Northern, that. Kerman Rock form now looks pretty good. He's going to be all right, Kerman Rock, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yep. So um, I think that Chicklet will be uh, a lot fitter. Well, he only did fall in over Reciting and Fiery Bay. That form line hasn't actually been franked all that well. Reciting was very poor yesterday and um, and Fiery Bay only went so-so uh, since. So that form hasn't uh, hasn't been super frank, but Chicklet should come on from that outing. It was a month between runs due to a minor setback. They're actually going to trial instead of racing, but they opted for the for the race when they got the low draw but haven't got much interest unfortunately here bj uh what did you think of the run of precautionary first up mm. on the quick backup i thought the the run was full of merit indigo blue so i didn't dom to shoot i didn't i don't think i had a bet in the race and at the 250 i thought this should be all over precautionary with the 51 after dom to shoot had sat deep with the 59 and a half indigo blue was ridden against Patton from her debut i 
I don't know. I thought Precautionary was entitled to win from that position. From barrier one with BBE on board, I can see Precautionary being three or four back the fence here. That's a really difficult steer for a young apprentice um, on a sit and sprinter. Mm. So even if all the gaps do appear, I don't know if Precautionary is good enough. She probably is. She's probably, again, you run this race six times, she wins at one of those six potentially. But um, I just see there being a lot of trouble, three or four back the fence for uh, for young Bo. It's a difficult steer. I'm, su- I'm surprised... It's a race you'd use a claimer and a horse you'd use a claimer on when you're getting in with the 54. It looks like a good seniors ride to me. So difficult steer. I'm sticking with off we go. Mm-hmm. Just been really impressed with the way that he's attacked the line in his last two wins. And the, it's been franked by the sectional times, the, the data as well, that um, just he's just been flying late in his races, coming off um, soft tempos and just exploding. From two, CJP can fall out. They can go around him, but he's, he might even be able to hold maybe a midfield running position from two without wasting any fuel at all. I don't think he has to go all the way back. So I'm, I'm expecting him to be maybe fifth, sixth in running. And from there, even the way last start, he was sort of angling, angling, trying to get out. And then once he got out, I like the way that this horse sort of lowered, lengthened and um, collared surveillance late. It was, uh, I was quite impressed. So off we go is uh, going to get us. A nice run in transit. CJP, very few riding better than him at the moment. The horse is obviously in a really good space, just the way that he's letting down. I think he's going to let down strongest as well. Precautionary for me was the main danger. My my view was a little bit different to yours, Terry. I just thought that it was a sit and sprint nature of the race. Last start had precautionary bottled up and just got out sprinted. I thought her final 200 was... Was pretty good on on the day. Pretty good. From if she if Bo can can maybe hold leaders back from gate one, that'd be a good position for her. Hopefully she can angle out into space and, and impact. And then I've got Captain Burglar and Chickler, as Terry said. There's quite a few winning chances if uh, if the planets align for those particular horses on the day. Then they're they're going to be hard to beat as well. But both of them are going to probably get backish, I think, from their from their draws and are going to be coming with off we go. Can they out sprint off we go? I find that highly unlikely. The only other runner who might get under the guard of a few is You Do You. Didn't mind this horse's first up performance behind Triple Missile, who goes good midweek. You Do You, Justin Warwick, Lucy Warwick from three might be able to run a cheeky race at a price. But for me, off we go, wins again. Very good. Only other run I want to mention was the other Justin Warwick runner, and there's your trouble. Um, was scratched midweek. Um, interestingly to be safe for this. They probably saw the depth to this race, but um, I really like the trial. Uh, I actually didn't mind the trial when when, um, when she ran last back in May as well, but I liked her trial when Lucy Warwick led on her. Obviously, Lucy's riding the other Warwick runner, which would probably be an indication that might be the pick of the two from the yard. Um, but first up, you can put a line through that run against Brooklyn Pier. was snagged from the awkward gate. Just... Paddy Carberry was more interested in keeping Friday night in a pocket rather than letting the horse yeah, race truly. Yeah. Probably should have snagged and just jumped yeah. on the back of Friday night and it would have taken him into the race. Yeah. So uh, you can just completely forget she went around. I'm not taking the 20 bucks on offer, but this is one of those ones I think will probably sneak out to 50, 60 to 1 on the exchange late and easily can have something at that price small. Just under the speculation that a lot of Warwick runners do improve when they step up in journey. And I did like that trial. So look, if we're seeing $40 plus late, I'll be having something very small on There's Your Trouble from a Good Goat. Yeah, it's it's almost the map horse, isn't it? Especially yep. considering yep. how it showed gate speed in its trial. Might be no good, but we're gonna get we're gonna get the price to speculate on it. So something small. Very good. All right, race four is the Sea Court handicap over two thousand meters. Now we um, everyone was sort of 
waiting and uh, hoping that leading girl was going to put it all together. And she certainly did last start with uh, a booming finish to win over a mile at her fourth run into her comeback campaign. Now she gets her first crack at 2,000 metres. Is going to have to come from last, I would say. Again, jumping from barrier 11. Um, however, just the way that she won the other day, it's no surprise to see her come up as the odds-on favourite in race four of the day. Terry, can you find anything to beat leading girl? Oh, look, I wanted to. Um, we often yep. speak about we, we try to get things beaten. But with this map from the 11, I thought this is sticky and this, this could be quite troublesome for her. But Abel Dane, brother's keeper, played the fifth. Your obvious speed. Nida Roo's drawn wider than all those with the 60 and a half. So Lucy will come across and, and try and land on the speed somewhere. It's it's weak speed. It's really, really yep. weak speed. They should be gone on the turn. Horses like Gunna Go, um, double digit doesn't mean jumping very well. So he hasn't been able to utilize the gates. And that was the problem last week with double digits. Paddy Shadow to a degree. It's going to be nice horses to bring leading girl into this race. The... The Peters mares, they tend to stay more often than not when getting up to a journey as well. You can you can trust it. I usually like to take horses on having their first go um, over a journey. Truly Great was one we saw come out first go over a journey and sort of win like wink. Sentimental Queen midweek a couple of weeks ago, albeit didn't go on with it yep. yesterday, despite the race really being um, set up for her. But um, no, look, I, I think I think Leading Girl is going to be awfully hard to beat. I've marked her $1.85, currently pretty close to that mark. Um, look, Mackenzie Brook was really good, but I don't think it's a Matty Derrick horse. Not, it's, a, it's an odd booking from Durant again um, for a horse that's going to get back and, and want to run on. Going to go double digit, same same stuff every week. Nwadaru, better suited, getting up to... A journey with a more even tempo. He'll actually um, be one horse that loves the addition of Abel Dane here. Yep. Paddy Shadow is yep. pretty close to a peak performance. Probably needs a one more run stepping up from the 14 to the 2000. But no, I can't see myself getting involved here, BJ. I think Leading Girl will um, will get the journey. I think Leading Girl will win, but um, even money won't even get me for a horse having her first go at the journey. Yeah, I was exactly the same price as you, Terry. $1.85 for Leading Girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm suspecting there's going to be people who have – Hold similar views to you, Terry. Do you, do you think that on the Betfair Exchange there might be a bit of even money floating around? Potentially, there there isn't a, there isn't mm. a huge amount of other money horses in the race. I think people yeah. are going to get sick of backing yeah. Gunna Go. Um, when we saw Leading Girl trade, what did Leading Girl trade last week on the exchange? I think about a dollar fifty five from memory uh, a fortnight ago. Sorry, and I thought that was thin. Um, we knew that she was going to have to get back to last chase a horse like um, uh, Mrs Brown's Boy, uh, which she did. It was Strike Force actually, which gave a nice kick and ran second. Leading Girl has been super popular every start. I mean, you look at those runs against Lonsdale Lady Comfort Me, horses where who can be supported and she still traded at $1.70, $1.80. So look, there'll be a yep. couple willing to take her on at the journey for the first time, but I don't know if we're going to get a fancy price in the exchange like. Yeah, so Leading Girl should be winning. Yeah, you're right. These Peters investments, mares and stayers, as soon as they see a distance with the two in front of them, they just jump out of the ground, don't mm-hmm. they? So good luck holding her out, I would have thought. Mackenzie Brook was so oh geez that was a good <laughs> that was a good performance first up 2200 meters stretching the uh, race fit in form Montalina the whole way I I would have loved to have seen them keep Johnston Porter 
on board. Maddie Derrick, Mackenzie Brook, I don't know. Did you see the tempo of that race? Because it's it's a great effort to get a stay first up and run such a big race, but it became a lot easier when they went um I think they went so about, slowly. Oh, I think they went about yeah. twenty five below bench to the to the turn. So I mean that's 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 madness. Especially with Nawadaru in front. Like what's what's Nawadaru's strength and what's the what's the strength of a Justin Warwick runner? It's to it's to bowl them along and um and to make it a true staying test. So I found that very, very odd um, how farcically that was run. It was probably their one chance to maybe stretch Montalino. They went 29.9 lengths below benchmark to the 600. Yeah. How's that? And no questions asked, no mm. doubt. I mean, I think Mackenzie Brook ran home 33.78 at the end of 2200, so yeah. which is a rarity. Yeah. But uh, so I, I get your point there. That was, um, it was basically track work, <laughs> mm. track work and then sprint home. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't know about uh, junior rider on Mackenzie Brook on Saturday. Nwada is the interesting runner. He's, he's building towards something. I think he's going to cause an upset some stage soon. Yeah, I agree. The 60 and a half is such a leveler, isn't it? It's just yeah. such a leveler. Yeah. With that 60 and a half, you'd love to see a heavier jockey, a Paul Harvey, a Mitch Pateman, a big, strong jockey um, who, who sort of, you know, has a has a catch weight of 56, 57 as is. Yeah, um, I reckon if Paul Harvey was on it, I might even be willing to entertain. Yeah, and that, Yeah, just, I just feel as though something's brewing with Nwadaru and the tempo, as you said, the tempo here with um, Abel Dane, Brothers Keeper, Plead the Fifth, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be there for Nwadaru to, to show some cheek. What Lucy should be able to do is tuck into something close to a 1-1 one, one here and probably be yep. the first horse to get going. I'd love to see Nwadaru on what should be a hotter-than-average tempo. I'd love to see Nwadaru get rolling even at the 8, not even the 6, even, even at the 8, and make it into a true staying test and say, well, can you catch me, um, leading girl? But yeah. I, 100% Nwadaru is building towards something. Um, the efforts, dropping back to the mile, 2.4 off leading girl, is a nice effort. Like on the surface, watching it aesthetically, it's not that big a run, but Nwadaru's strength is to grind and grind and grind. So it's just yeah. the 60 and a half, yeah. um, which I think will, will probably catch him out here. Yeah, as you said, they need to take leading girl into the trenches and just see what she's made of. Exactly right. Make her beat you. If you, uh, if you suck back and, and uh, you know, wait, she's going to zap you, leading girl. So um, no doubt they'll be aggressive on Nwadaru when the uh, when the time is right and um, make things very interesting for leading girl. But uh, I still think the Cerise and White will come out on top. Now... It is time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Was I the only one that got three from three last week? Yes. Oh. Yeah, that was um, very well done by you. Michael Heaton was off the bridle big time. I think his, I think his answer to who rode Gangbuster to win the Boulder Cup, you'll love this, was Randy Tan. So. <laughs> What's it, Randy? <laughs> Randy. Very good. I like that. I like that. So that was a bit of a throwback, but yes, yeah, you, you did you, you did very well, Guru. So um, very mastermind like from you. Now, the Mundaring has been the heart of the hill since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a one-one listener. Anyone who's travelling to and from Northam on the on Sunday. Yeah, drop into the Mundaring, check it out. It's a fantastic venue. So the first time we had joint winners of the WA Racing Mastermind last week, Tim Wheelow and Matt Sheridan, they both receive a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. So congratulations to Tim and Matt. Now, with Saturday's meeting being the first running of the Black Art Bart Stakes, we've gone with some Bart-themed quiz questions this week, Terry. So you ready to go? I'm ready, always ready. 
This will uh, this will test you. Question one: At what venue did Blackheart Bart win his first race, and who was the jockey? Okay, I got the jockey. At what venue? I think it took him ten starts to win his maiden Blackheart Bart. Incredible. There's some good stories like that. The Trap for Fools stories about winning a Kalgoorlie maiden twelve months later, winning a G1 in Melbourne. Yep. Yep. Okay, got it. Question two. Mm-hmm. The Underwood Stakes is on at Caulfield this Saturday. Blackheart Bart raced in the Underwood four times. How many did he win? Yep. Question number three. Which of these jockeys didn't win a race aboard Blackheart Bart? Pat Carberry, Sean Mears, or Mitchell Pateman? Mm. Okay. They are the three questions punters. So if you would like to be crowned this week's mastermind, please direct message your answers to us on Twitter at the11pod. If you miss those questions, as always, we'll put them on our Twitter feed. So please enter and then you can be in the running for a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel. Very good. All right. Race five is the Valet Keith Watson Senior Handicap. Ratings 78 plus 1,600 metres. Before we start this race, mm-hmm. Terry, Keith Watson Sr.'s funeral will be on at Ascot Racecourse tomorrow. I imagine a large gathering will uh, pay their respects to the champion jockey and real character of the game, Keith Watson Sr. And, yeah, just a shout-out to the Watson family and one of my good friends, childhood friend Keith Watson Jr., Keith's son, he is a part owner of Red Can Man who uh, – is one of the main major players in the uh, Blackheart Bart Stakes later in the program. So shout out to everyone connected to the family and all the uh, all Keith Watson Senior's friends. And yeah, he will uh, will be celebrating his um, his life and times at uh, Ascot Racecourse funeral tomorrow. Well said, Bojo. Good luck to connections with Red Can Man as well. Now race five on the day. Yeah, we um, have another interesting riding engagement. Maddie Derrick, we're going to be talking about Maddie a lot on the show. Uh, she is aboard the favourite. Money matters for Adam Durant has uh, has displayed supreme faith in um, Maddie Derrick, who uh, who has obviously rides a lot of winners, but she's going to be put under the spotlight on, on this feature race day. She, uh, she's been given the gun ride on the $2.30 favourite, Money Matters. What do you think about this race? How's it going to play out? Well, the speed map's obviously the the integral aspect here. I mean, Money Matters is jumping from 1,200 metres up to the mile. With Maddie going on, you'd suspect the only thought process would be we want to lead this. We don't want to over-complicate over the ride and hand up and turn it into something different. But I mean... Stepping up to the mile, and, and Money Matters only previous effort at the mile did win a listed race. That was a weak uh, listed race. Lex Piper, from memory. Um, yep. There just has to be a query on... And it was a 10 out of 10 from CJP on the day. Absolutely yeah, perfect. It certainly was. Well. It certainly was. So there has to be a query at the mile. There has to be a query on the map too, because Fair Scenario from Barrier 6, I don't think that they'll have... Fair Scenario is really pinging the lids um, at the moment too. So I think they're only... Thought possible be we, we want to get across money matters if possible here, so it'll be really really interesting to see how that um that map plays out early because they won't want to get into a war with a horse who might be suspect at the mile at this stage of his prep, so they won't want to make it a a, a hard run mile either. So you might even see money matters end up on the back 
a fair scenario. Um, I'm expecting Bocount to be ridden more aggressively as well from, from Barrier 5. Didn't settle on the back of the leader last start, so they might shelve that sort of plan. Um, and on top of that, you've got Strike Force, Harry Thomas, Snow Chino, who I think was ridden cold on purpose in that small field last start yep. out, um, and Mrs. Brown's boy, who I expect to be ridden quieter after not going probably as yes. well as I expected, bowling along. I thought they were the right tactics. It just probably didn't go as well as expected. Um but it's very, very, very interesting map. I'm This is the type of horse I like to take on, BJ. I mean, you're talking $2.30, Apprentice going on. Some queries on the map, some query getting the mile. Not doubting Money Matters is the best horse in this race, but um, just the race yeah. to me looked completely set up for uh, Uka Loki. I was hoping we'd see a slightly better quote than the current quote. What were you sort of thinking? Uh, in a 96% market, I've got Utgard Loki four bucks. So the 480 or so is still enough and still above my price. I just thought this is one I might see six dollars each way, seven dollars each way for him. Yeah, I thought he was a I thought he was a five dollar mm. chance, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. This is another race. It'll be really interesting to see what the market does late with Betfair with uh, Money Matters because, yeah, data wise, I'm. Presuming Money Matters would be a very, very strong horse here. Has the best figures in the race. The claim should only assist on paper in that sense. But, um, yeah, there has to be some some real question marks regarding uh, the map, as we just discussed. So, look, for me, it's it's an easy selection. Look, I'd like you would love $6 each way late. Um, I don't – not a big each way player when we're talking even money, money back type thing. But this just looks such a nice setup for a horse who hit the line so well over the 1,200. The mile should be a Godlocky's pet journey. And it just – on paper, it just looks the perfect setup for um, for this bloke third up from Little Let Up. Yeah, I'm with you there. I concur. Utgard Loki thought that 1200 meter second up run was significant with the blinkers going on. Drops from 60 down to 57 and a half. Gets the right run from gate four. Justin and Lucy Warwick combining. He should be should be just about ready to produce a peak performance now at this stage of his campaign. Loves the 1,600 metres as well. So I, uh, I'm with you. I'm happy to take on Money Matters. Money Matters is obviously the the class horse of the race. He's gone 1,000, 1,000, 1,000 to kick off his campaign. And then he ran in that 1,200 metre race last Saturday that was fought out by Celebrity Queen and uh, Cliffs of Comfort. Such a tough effort carrying five and a half more than two future stars to only be beaten a length. I, th I thought, that was, super, yeah, I thought that was a super, super, super run. So um, interesting where they're going with Money Matters. Is it a Hannon's Handicap potentially on the horizon over the 1,400 in a... Um Nominations will be released 3 o'clock Perth time tomorrow afternoon. So it'll be interested, interesting to see whether Money Matters and Massimo are among the nominations as yeah. well. Both horses engaged at Belmont on Saturday. So that'll throw a bit of a spanner in the works if that is the case. We might see an L scratching, you think. But potentially, mm. I, I imagine they're going to have a look at the noms, see what the... Uh, assess the strength of the race, the gates, that sort of stuff. And um, if it's suitable, then they, they might want to have a crack at the 100,000-plus uh, race in Kalgoorlie next yep. Thursday. That actually hadn't factored that in. That does make complete and utter sense. I didn't realise how close the Kalgoorlie trip was. I was just saying then it was going to back up in the end and that's backing up for five days. So uh, late scratching is, is a big, 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 big chance here. And then you're talking, okay, Lockie comes into $2.80 type thing, which is probably a hard price to take, but uh, still does look a standout for me. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if this is just a bit of a backup plan for Adam Durant on Saturday. Clint Johnston-Porter is riding Friar-esque for Liz Strempel. So just keep an eye on this field um, over the next day or two, punters, to, to see whether there's any scratchings. But for me, I think this is set up nicely for Utgod Loki in full agreement with the Guru. 
Mrs. Brown's boys, Snow Chino, are, um, have their best form, put some, put some right in the finish as well. But if there's going to be a horse to knock off Money Matters, I reckon it's going to be Utgard. Really interesting. Just having a look now, actually, BJ, uh, in Money Matters, 13 career starts, has carried 60 twice, 59 and a half twice, never claimed. So I right. think it might be a bit of a point. They might have said to Clint, look, we're probably a, a 3% chance of running in this race, perhaps. So um, jag another, another ride. ride if you like. yeah. I, I can't see any reason they would have used the claim now, suddenly. Um, it's a horse that's carried weight. And those two occasions, uh, he carried the 61 as well. So, yeah, I think we're going to see him withdrawn here. And probably a uh, improved run from Harry Thomas as well. Not that he went poorly first up, comes back in class. Um, Chloe has a party is a good good booking. Harry Thomas's form last preparation was outstanding, especially when you line it up against some of these horses. So he, he's a likely improver second up. So yep. Alrighty, race six is the Vale Nino Buratovic handicap now. From memory, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but Nino when I when I was coming through the ranks, Terry. Mm. Um, Nino owned a horse. He might have even bred this horse as well by the name of Concrete Crusher. And I always remember it was such a crack it, cracking name. And mm. Nino was a um, had a concrete and construction business, I'm pretty sure. And um, anyway, yeah, Concrete Crusher was, a, was an excellent stayer. Back in the mid to late 90s, he won a Diana Stakes, Ascot Gold Cup, a Northern Cup, a Helena Vale Cup, a Winter Cup, ran in a Perth Cup as well. He was an outstanding stayer. I think you, Nino might have had him as a private stallion as well. So, mm. um, yeah, just a little flashback there to um, to Concrete Crusher and the and Nino Buratovic, and uh, we are celebrating his life and times with um, Race 6 at Belmont on Saturday. This is a wide-open graduation Handicap over the 1,600 metres. Looks like there's over half the field, you could probably say, has a genuine chance of winning the race. For me, I settled on moderator. I thought he was uh, he was most unlucky in a similar assignment to this, what was that, two weeks ago behind playing Marika. Should have won, really bungled the start, got back, held up in the straight, launched late to be beaten only just over a length on the line. Clint Johnson Porter has... Um, hopped off to ride come right back through his connections with at the Adam Durant camp but um, moderator loses nothing with Chris Parnham in the saddle I think with a patient ride and providing it's not a mad mad leaders or mad on pace program the way that moderate moderator is performing at the moment I reckon um, I reckon he's got the goods to to win this one what do you think Terry he's been a different horse these last two hasn't he Mm. Uh, he's one bloke who really will appreciate uh, the potential chop that we might see um, out of the ground as the day progresses with that rain that's uh, that's forecast to fall. So uh, the integral part, for as you said, he's going to be ridden patiently. So you, we want to see a day where you can make some ground, hop into moderator. Yep. Probably going to look at playing it slightly differently. Just from the just at that five six dollar mark, I don't really want to be getting into a horse that's going to be back near last. But um, I think come right back. I think he will progress through the grades. I don't know if I'm going one run early here with come right back. He's second up at the mile, but he has trialed twice, so he should have a nice fitness base. He's only missed a place once in his career, and that was last start, and that wasn't far from one of his better runs. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. is, and he's, he's really he's shown what type of galloper he is very early in his career. He's a tough galloper. Remember the day um, Pikey went a million lengths below benchmark uh, in a class one? He led the race, 
was headed and just about ran the quickest last 200 of the race when not winning. It was actually a really poor steer from, from Pikey. He just went far too slow on a horse whose strength is toughness and being able to probably go along at a, at a nice tempo. So um, this speed map doesn't Park look... on leaders. Well, yeah, on, on that occasion, definitely, yeah, on that occasion. Mm. Um, on uh, This speed map looks great in regards. You've got Butterly Lad who should roll to the top, come right back, should roll across and either jump on the back of Buddley Lad or could even hop out and breeze, may even kick up and try to lead um, Buddley Lad, pending the aggression from from both Clinton and Maddie on those two. But lands first two either way. And then you're talking a horse like Arnie's boy, who should get those, who should have probably won that playing Marika race as well, actually. like mm. Moderator should have won those. They were probably the two runs of the race um, you will find. Um but I just think if they roll forward, and you're talking a horse that's won three of seven to Arnie's boy, who's won three of 30-odd, three of 37. So, I mean, one of them's a winner. One's going to go through the grades. I think come right back. You've ridden correctly, and we're often going for home on the turn. We'll just be super, super, super hard to get past. And I'm going to um, I'm gonna speculate in that fashion, BJ. One, one I do want to mention who's come up a long way above my um, my price is Buddy Ladd. Uh, 53 and a half. Goes forward, is the only real noted front-running horse here. Um, will need to improve again from that second to Miss Marietta at Northern, but that was market improvement on a campaign. Love the fact that you're going to be on a leader here with minimal weight, who does also like some chop out of the ground. Fifth up here. Yeah, should be peaking. I don't think 31 bucks, $8.50 a place is the right price. Double my price, the 31 So pretty keen come right back. Marked $3.30, but I've marked Buddy Lad 15 So at 31s, we can have something on uh, on him too. Yep, very good. Yeah, you, you've got the speed map there spot on. It's, um, Budley Lad is the interesting interesting runner, whether they, they attack and uh, and do find their way to the front. But regardless, if come right back and lead and control or even just follow Budley Lad and get that, get into his slipstream, it's going to be in uh, A1 position. So I can see exactly where you're coming from there. Going to be fitter second up, come right back as well. And uh, you imagine he's only going to get better with, with racing as the Adam Durant stayers often do. He's obviously a huge danger. But for me, I'm going to... I'm going to stick with moderator, obviously Arnie's boy and Plain Marika. They, you know, these sort of horses take it in turns in this grade. But uh, but yeah, moderator for me. Come right back, a massive danger. The Guru come right back, but um, a bit of a speculation with Buddy Lad, who is currently over the odds as far as his pricing is concerned. Could almost say it's in Maddie territory, BJ. Very good. That's okay. a that's a cracking type of Maddie as well. It's a horse that's going to roll forward, starting to peak in a campaign. May not be up to this level, um, but you're talking. This is a horse that's run second to Patristic's uh, last campaign in 68 pluses, and a third to the yeah. other run escapes me. But it's run races in at a better level than this, and that was with Shelby Botel in the saddle, who doesn't claim. You're arguably getting a jockey upgrade and the three kilos, which I'm pretty big on. So, I think that's the the wrong price for the entire day. One of two. We'll get to the other one shortly. Uh, that's your wrong price for the day. It's nowhere near my top selection, but that's just about your best value bet of the day. I think. Yeah, I can see exactly where you're coming from there, Terry. He has run some. Did look like being. Saturday class, and he, he may very well get there. He's only just turned five, mm -hmm. only the 16 starts. So I'm picking up what you're putting down there with Budley Lad, Terry. So we'll see how that race pans out. Race seven, the Iron Jack handicap over 1,200 metres. Bit of emerging talent going around here. Is this deja vu? Deja vu, yeah. Well, seven days ago, we sat here and discussed Clifford Cumber versus Celebrity Queen. It's just one in, one out here, isn't it? Versus uh, Money Matters as well, yeah. Yep. Versus money matters as well. I've yeah, I, I 
with the weights the way it was, thought it was a, a two-horse banger. But I mean, I, I'm at the exact same position again here. It's um, There are some really interesting runners with Pooley going around. Uh, Pooley's been great midweek, carrying big weights on cold rails. Um, I think breezing outside Cliffs of Comfort is going to be a different kettle of fish for the promising Darren Taylor gelding. But uh, no, look, I think this is a real two-horse race. Again, BJ, happy putting a line completely through Eorways, who was really nice winner last start. But I felt the way that race was run, it was completely and utterly uh, set up for to him to go straight past them. The three leaders with the with the three kids on it all just chopped at each other, and they went a million above um, above benchmark. Riverboat didn't turn up, ran last, and uh, and Special Choice just plotted away to the line as we expected. So it really was Eorways' race. Um, I'm surprised they're backing up off a week. Up to the twelve hundred. Mm. Thought they might have tried to keep him fresh for these thousand meter sprints. Um, and he probably doesn't really at- need to be taking on um, Long Beach and Cliffs of Comfort. No, I would, would have thought next Saturday is probably an easier. Oh, next Saturday is Kalgoorlie, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably that might be part of the thought process as yeah. well. But um, no, look for me, it's a real two horse race. Oh, I've got Cliffs of Comfort on top uh, again. Um, I'm not, I'm not, not with any, uh, not with any huge in- enthusiasm. But uh, I think if Cliffs of Comfort can get to the top and roll, it'll be super hard to get past. But Long Beach will be will be coming late. I uh, I found it very, very, very difficult to uh, to split the pair, and I, I think Long Beach will start. Your favourite people will. Um, the, the money came big time against this Otestia and, and Condor Heroes, and I, I can't see any reason the, the money doesn't come again. Arguably going to be a better horse at the 1,200 than the 1,000 metres as well. So, look, that'll be your Cornella. I'm nearly certain that'll be a Cornella. Which way they finish the market at about 250, 330 looks about right. There was some threes and 440 this morning, which I thought was a good little double play, a boring one, but uh, mm. a good little double play for a race. I really can't see the winner coming from outside those two. Quinella, probably BJ. I'm, go- I'm going the opposite. I am very keen Long Beach. Mm, I thought you might be. I was even money Long Beach. And um, uh, see, opened up locally, Bradbet, $3. Yeah, I just thought that. They're both four-year-olds going places. Who's better, Long Beach or Celebrity Queen? Uh, let's see. I think Long Beach is a better horse than Celebrity Queen. Yeah. His last three wins have all been, like, even that, the day he defeated... Nero Dio over 1,200 metres. First mm-hmm. up, that was just super. Then he um, sprouted wings to knock off Silken Eyes over coming back to the 1,000. Thought that was a significant performance. And the other day, he just gobbled up Condor Heroes and this will test you and sort of it was quite a soft win on the line, if you know what I mean. And um, just that speed, that this, this closing speed this horse possesses from three, Chris Parnham, I guess can try, doesn't, he's probably going to have about, Four or five behind him, I, I would say. Minus looks rationale spilling over. Long Beach probably has more gate speed than Celebrity yeah. Queen as well. So it's not it's not an impossibility. I remember Long Beach won with Peter Hall and Saddle when he's made and sitting yes. on the back of yep. the um of the leaders in a reasonably run affair. So it's not actually impossible that Long Beach can um can posse up uh in a far handier position. I mean the one the, the big danger you, you've always got with a horse taking a sit with a really, really strong front runner in Cliffs of Comfort is just those traffic issues. Celebrity Queen got the perfect run. Such a calm such a calm ride, and and the ride last night on Long Beach too was such a calm ride by Chris Parnham. Like a lot of jockeys would have been desperate and off and going, but he just he's starting to learn the quality he has underneath him with some of these uh, Peter's Investments runners. So you're really not losing. You're not losing anything with Pike not being in the saddle with the way Chris. He's just sort of working out how much they've got to give if you just leave them alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
just put them to sleep, let them travel, conserve, and the way that they're trained, they're just they're just machine like the way that they that the closing speed that these horses possess. So I just think um, he's yeah he's riding like a real ice man at the moment, Chris Parnham, very cool, calm, collected. Long Beach is going to be standing a very fast horse in Cliffs of Comfort, a head start on straightening. I'm convinced Long Beach is um, is going to get over the top of him again and in a similar fashion to Celebrity Queen did last Saturday, but potentially even um, even more decisively. I reckon the Piers is a feeling running in a couple of – they've got a, a, super, a, a potential – Real, really sharp sprinter um, who's going to be able to lead him along. Usually just these races are shot to bits, these 66, 72 pluses for a sprinter that's getting in on the minimum that can roll like Cliffs of Comfort does and you're running into Celebrity Queen and Long Beach on uh, consecutive weeks. It'd be... Stiff, yeah. And I, I would suspect that the Pierce brothers will be keen to get Cliffs of Comfort back to Ascot as well, especially, uh, mm. you know, lightning fast Ascot track with uh, suitable conditions. They Easterly. probably railing, probably won't see which way he goes. But at Belmont, it's a different yeah. setup, longer straight, and um, Long Beach is just going to have Cliffs of Comforts in his sights. And uh, yeah, I reckon he's going to mow him down late. Your ways and position of power are probably going to fight fight things out for for third and fourth. Interesting watch on the Victorian import, living the dream. Lindsay Smith did have some good performances at, uh, at listed level in um, in Melbourne in 2019. Uh, lost his way a bit in his only 2020 preparation, but um, keep an eye out to see see that see what that horse does moving forward and. Um, Paulie and Rationale have terrific recent form and recent records, but uh, geez, they've run into a hot, hot couple of horses here, hot, hot trio really, in Long Beach, Cliffs of Comfort, and Eorways. Ways. And Paulie and Rationale, uh, they'll be doing well to finishing top four in this race, I'd say. Wouldn't be surprised to see Rationale come out as well. The apprentice on with the low weight from ten against two good ones. I don't know what the, especially Downing trip. I think there might be better options coming up for uh, for rationale than this race. I agree. Go. I agree. But yeah, looking forward to this one. It's a uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be another ripper. Long Beach versus Cliffs mm. of Comfort head to head. Exactly right. Now this is the race. This is the race, Terry. The one that we've all been waiting for. What a what a belter. Black the, the very first running of the Black Art Bart Stakes, formerly the Birthday Stakes, listed 1200 meter set weights and penalties contest. Absolute ripper and um yeah. Wow. We got Vital Silver, Free Trade, Massimo, Cup Knight, Red Can Man, uh, Stage Man returning. Hasn't been seen in 2020 just yet, as, as, as well as uh, a very strong supporting cast. What, uh, this is uh, opinions will be. <laughs> you're over. What you, you're opinions will be divided. I'm so thrilled that this race has, has attracted such a. Such a cracking lineup. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I ended up I ended up settling on um, broke my heart, but I ended up settling on Vital Silver. I found it very hard to look past him. He looks so suited at the at the weights under the set weights and penalties conditions. SWP. From mm. gate four, Peter Hall has so many so many options for this fellow. Um, was super returning over an unsuitable, I feel, unsuitable 1,000 metres with 62 kgs, was brave in defeat. He's got two group one placings, weight for age 1,200 metres, one in Victoria, one in last year's winter bottom stakes. You think that he's the superior 1,200 metre horse in Western Australia. How are they going to beat him? 
Well, exactly right. I think it's mainly going to be bad luck that probably gets him beaten here. Vital silver strength, um, as we saw, especially in that Manicado, is his toughness, uh, whether it's racing over the speed and being hard to get past against a horse like Galaxy Star um, or whether it was that, that, that run at Mooney Valley. Um, where Benny Mellon had him wide and deep and last throughout. It was just, just incredible that he kept on coming and coming and coming. So I think I think the key for, for Peter Hall here is to not get um not get bottled away. You'd love to think that he can hold the outside of Massimo. This is I, my notes for this race, BJ, are, are about fourteen pages long, and no one reads my notes besides me. It's just I just loved I loved doing this race. I just loved loved doing this race. Um, and I must be honest, we absolutely murdered the eight seven eight dollars vital silver across the traps yesterday. Whatever we could get on, that was a um, that was just an absolute not a gift because this is such a competitive race. But that was a hundred percent incorrect. Um, but look. From a speed map point of view, um, I am relatively confident we will see, and just 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 jump in if you've got any different uh, thoughts mm-hmm. here. Uh, relatively confident we will see um, Flower of War lead them up. I think Red Can Man will work to the breeze. Now, if I was in charge of free trade tactically, I would say look at your two wins in the Pinjara and the Bunbury Sprints, or the Classics, and those two wins were at a, at a good tempo, breezing, and just making the rest of the horses look poor. I think free trade's a better horse without cover, ridden hard, ridden aggressively. Let's run him into the ground type thing. So I would be saying keep Red Can Man out deep um, if if he can't tuck in. But I suspect, I suspect they'll be happy to hand up on free trade and look for a spot somewhere near the 1-1 with Red Can Man coming across and breezing um, outside of Flower of War. That leaves Massimo probably on the back of Flower of War. It leaves Vital Silver. Probably leaves Vital Silver on the back of um, free trade. Three back type thing, um, and then the rest will sort of sort themselves out from there. Stage man, maybe, on the back of Vital Silver type thing. How did that go? Something like yours? Uh, I was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see them be super aggressive with Vital Silver, ride him like the best horse in the race. I, I think they'll have intentions of wanting to be very aggressive. Vital Silver hasn't stepped tremendously in some recent outings. It's more so in Melbourne, actually. So maybe that's just a, a trait of his, which we're seeing um, on the other side of the Nullarbor. But I, I 100% think they will, will, will want to be as forward as possible yeah. with Vital Silver. It's just how, just how forward he can be. I, I think he might even be able to lead if they want. He breezed in the in the winter bottom and ran second to, mm-hmm. to Haydock. He's, um, he's breezed in a Roma Cup. And one, I think I don't know whether that was particularly yep. fast that Roma Cup. But anyway, um, he used Small to be a, field, used to be a yeah. leader early. Uh, that map that you said uh, being a, being tied up with Steve Wolf Racing and um, being a part of that situation, obviously um, Red Cam Man, probably my, my favourite horse in the world. That your map suits suits uh, me from that perspective. Uh, but down to the ground, yeah. I, I just I'm just. Thinking that Vital Silver, they'll they'll look to take luck out of the equation and just be either super positive, either rail in front, or are we going to see an aggressive ride on Red Can Man? Uh, I'd, I'd. Do you think there? Do you think there'd be a thought process in in taking a snick from eleven? I'd hope not, uh, but there's no secret that the railway stakes is his grand final. But there are two suitable 400 meter races coming up at Ascot, being the Northerly Stakes and the Listia Stakes. So there is a process to go through in order to get to the railway. How much do you want to win a birthday stakes? I'm, I'm not privy to that that kind of information, but I'm assuming that they'll just ride him like the good horse that he is, push forward. That's his strength, isn't it? 
tough. Yeah, ridden tough, uh, especially on a mm-hmm. on a strong tempo, which you imagine is the way that it's going to play out. Hopefully, the track's playing fast on the day because that means that they'll be setting a cracking tempo and um, the best horse best horses should come to the fore rather. But yeah, my my thoughts were that Vital Silver either leads or um, allows itself to get crossed by Flower of War, um, and then sort of just pops off and maybe breezes. Um, Massimo goes forward, Free Trade goes forward, Red Can Man goes forward. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with dance music. I'm not sure what happened first up with her, but um, I'm suspecting she might land midfield. But the the pressure is going to be on early. I think they'd like to go forward. It's just whether again, I think with a lot of these, they'd, they'd love to land forward. I'm sure with Vital Silver as well, they'd love to land in front. Yeah. And um, tell you one thing, when when you when you call a map on the podcast, baby, I don't think you just don't get them wrong. <laughs> You're, uh, you're 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 like you're like Captain Cook. Yeah, yeah. So what do you? Yeah, this is you should you should be in cartography. This this the first four hundred the first section of this race is going to be fascinating viewing to to see. Um, to, and it's just going to be all important the start and the uh, the the jostling for positions because don't forget this is the starting point for a lot of horses campaigns and a lot of these horses will be eyeing off races like the winter bottom and potentially the railway stakes as well so what does the birthday stakes mean and um and how much do they really want to win it exactly right and we know we know vital silvers had that warm up run yep. we know vital i think vital silver is the one that will be really probably peaking yep. um for this type of outing interesting with stage man stage man was a i think the winter bottom was an afterthought campaign because he went into the winter bottom about 10th up yep. um roughly last campaign so this this is more of a, we see the peters horses off the scene for a long period of time because they're aimed at a race stage man is coming back purely to race in a um probably in a winter bottom fourth up roughly i would say um so i my gut tells me stage man won't be fully wound up here might need a run or two to bring to his top difficult ride as well um with no with no w pike on a get back horse in a in a high quality um sprint affair but let me just give you one other map they're all aggressive red cam man leads up a three wide line rail's a bit questionable it's a wetter day do you know who i don't think is impossible here to sprint incredibly well fresh it would need a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot Probably just one more time. A lot would need to go right, um, but I don't think Media Baron's impossible here, BJ. Oof. Now that might that might sound that might sound a little bit mad, a little bit a little bit wild. I think I think Media Baron's about twenty bucks the place at the minute. 80, 80 90 bucks the win. Eighty one dollars around the traps. Eighty one dollars. Eighty one dollars. I've I've marked Media Baron closer to twenty odd dollars. So I don't I don't think Media Baron's a good thing. But I, I just. Media Brown should have won his last seven. You look at his first up run last campaign, albeit against Serenity Bay and and not against these type of horses, but his first up run last campaign over the, the sprinting journey, Chloe didn't get stuck in on him to the final 100 metres and he absolutely belted the line. Second up, he's come out in a race. They've absolutely, I think they've gone at seven or eight above bench and over the 1,400, not the 12, obviously. Um, but he, he's he's... Beat the field like they were standing still. I think Media Baron's seriously, seriously, seriously turned a corner. I think what we'll more see here is this, a flashing run into fifth or sixth. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. most likely outcome here with Media Baron. But I, there is a map, a three-wide line with a strong horse like Red Can Man leading it up. Um, flout, like from There is a chance Vital Silver could find trouble. From Barrier 4 with speed coming across, he could be between horses. And I don't, as I said, I don't think Vital Silver is a pick-up and sprint horse. Um, we want Vital Silver off and rolling. Leading would be great. Breezing would be great. Getting to the outside as soon as possible would be great but there is a map and there is a world that if media baron can tack on early and be close enough on the turn um there is a world i can see media baron coming down the middle of the track and winning at 100 to 1 well, so, what price what price um, bet fair anything well yeah they're probably i don't know if they've made numbers that big have they <laughs> <laughs> uh 
But look, I'm I'm very much with you with Vital Silver. Um, I've I've I haven't missed it. I've marked Vital Silver three dollars sixty, so the four fifty plus around is still enough for me. But um, I'm going to be definitely definitely having something on Media Baron BJ. Crazy. That's insanity from mm, the guru. But wild. you heard it here first wild. on the one one, not the one out one back. The one one, your WA Racing podcast, Media Baron for the guru. What's the one out one back? <laughs> Definitely Come not on, that. Come on. Definitely Come not on, that. Now, uh, I just feel as though Vital Silver, there's probably only like three or four races on the WA calendar that Vital Silver can win because of his mm. rating, if you know what I mean. Like, this is a perfect race for him. 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties. There's 111 rater um, getting in with 50. Oh, it's a, it's a gift, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's, it's a gift. It's this. Yeah, it's 100%. It's this, gift. the winner bottom in the Roma Cup. This is chips in Vital Silver for the Pierce Brothers, like that. When was the last time he won a race? Um, Galaxy Star, Roma Cup, one since then, has he? He hasn't raced very often, this horse. So. No, he hasn't. Well, as you said, it's, it's, he's sort of now as 111 rate. Yep. You've got to really target yep. him. It's, it's wait for age or set. SWP only, yep. really. So, um, But, geez, he's, yeah, he's absolutely thrown in here. When the, when the markets went up and we saw that, that seven, eight bucks, that was, well, in Brad Betts' defense, it was he did go up shorter, but they, they adjusted it out. That was, um, yeah, a bit, of a bit of a Harry Howler, that one. That was 30 <laughs> meters out straight in front. It's gone out in the full. So. Harry Howler. Yeah, a bit of a Harry Howler. So, yeah, hopefully Volta Silver gets the chocolates or gets done on the line by media baron probably make me unbearable oh. for the next four months i reckon if that happened to occur but mm. um yeah i really hope the piercers can uh can get success here and i really hope they can get their first group one this year in the winter bottom with him as well okay yeah so this you know i just feel as though with the the suitable weight conditions the quality first up performance the good draw it's going to take something significant significant to knock off vital silver so where where's that significant performance going to come from is it going to come from stage man is it going to come from red can man can massimo maintain the rage he's flying or will he head to kalgoorlie as well so many variables but for me group one performer he's established he's got their score on the board vital silver you know, like it's yeah, it's his race to lose as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, if if Red Cam Man does happen to to get up, um, then uh, I'll be celebrating as well. I'm with you. Complete and utter standout. Vital silver. What mark did you have? Vital. I was four dollars. Vital silver. Actually, did you have a three in front of yours? Yeah, three and a half. Yep. And I actually had it uh, loading that. I adjusted out. I had Red Cam Man close to eight nine bucks, and I actually wound that in just on. It was probably that trial. I still wasn't big on the trial, but the winkers weren't on in the trial. So if if the map does eventuate, as I've um. As I've got it down, Red Cam Man's probably got the scope. Yeah. Um, to imp- I know that Vital Silver's got the points on, but Red Cam Man's probably got the scope. So I, I wound Red Cam Man into um into six bucks, and and Vital Silver went out to three fifty three sixty in my market. But if like Red Cam's off and rolling, Vital Silver's bottled up. That's that's his chance. But I don't know whether mm-hmm. Hawley and the Pierce Brothers will want to take that risk. Keep him. No, they, they won't yeah. want to. But just with the speed coming across from out wide, it can, you choice, can be a victim yeah. of circumstances at times. Yeah, ex- exactly mm-hmm. right. There's a million different ways this um this race could end up panning out and one of those million is media baron storming down the middle of the track before we before we finish the uh the inaugural black art bart say what have you yes. i'm intrigued to, to know what have you made of free trade he was he was mm. putting a poor one poor. a first up when he was uh odds on pot and then he sort of he fell in after having every conceivable flow almost gunned him down in the wait for age idyllic prince stakes i mean he won and he got the job done and that was great but i don't know like he's 
I don't know. Is, is he is he is he exactly where they want him to be, or is he building? Oh, I just don't know if they've got him to that level he was when he was winning Pinjara and Bunbury Classics. As I said, I'd like to see him ridden aggressively. Yep. I'd like to say, here we go, we're going to roll. But with the fifty-eight and a half, he's he's not well in here. Um, he's really really poorly in in this race, and half the reason I came around to him, Maddie, of the of the likes of Media Baron is if Floyd Free Trade was a second favorite for a long period now. now out on the fourth line, but just just behind me, you're talking four dollars fifty vital silver, six bucks free trade, just behind it, favoritism wise. Um, and you're talking a horse like Flo nearly ran down free trade, and with a bit more luck earlier in the straight, probably, probably would wins, yeah. have run down free yeah. trade. I think a horse like Media Baron can can finish sharper than Flo over that journey. And you, if you're going to have free trade that firmly in the market, that's what makes a horse like Media Baron not not an impossibility here. But I think free trade. I want to see free trade ridden super aggressively, and I, I don't know if we're going to um, we're going to get that yet. They're sort of umming and ahhing still whether it's a railway or a um, uh, a winter bottom horse. So definitely has the ability. Go back to those Pinjarra and Bunbury Classic victories and follow that blueprint. Mm. That's what I would say. Okay, and yeah, just recapping that. We're expecting, we're anticipating a nomination for Massimo in the Hannans Handicap as well. So they yep. come out tomorrow afternoon. So keep an eye out for scratchings. Massimo may be in, but he may be out. Absolute incredible race, the Blackheart Bart Stakes. Can't wait. Now, what time is it, Terry? It's time for the uh, the Get Out Stakes, BJ. It's S-T-E-A-K-S. Is it, have you seen the Twitter handle, the Get Out Stakes? Yes. <laughs> What's going on? Is someone is someone nicking all of our stuff? Are we copywriting any of this? Or we need to. We need to stuff, isn't it? Get out stakes. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. I did see that. Oh. Yeah, that was brought to my attention. So yeah, we're, we're obviously doing some good work here at the uh, at the one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, it's Get Out Stakes time, extremely popular Twitter-based competition brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannyvale Markets, Bannister Road in Cannyvale. Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show, swing pass, say g'day. Timmy will take care of you. Actually, Timmy's partner, Sky, is a, uh, has a share in the, uh, the champ, Man Booker, and I'm led to believe that Man Booker mm. is not far away from returning to the races as well. So he's had his share of problems, but he also has – um, he certainly has his share of abilities. So hopefully we can see Man Booker return to the races uh, during the Ascot Spring Carnival. But Timmy Hewitt, drop in, say good day. He'll take care of you. Him and his team do a terrific job there out there at Market City Meets. So congratulations. You, th- was this one of your men, Terry? Congratulations to Kent Burton. Mm, yeah, the the big the big wet. I was actually best man at his wedding, so there might need to be a stewards inquiry into this one. But uh, no, big wet was pretty uh, pretty happy with himself when he jagged the uh, the set of stakes. So it's a bit of a tight ass, uh, the big fella. So um, no, it's 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 good to uh, good to see the big fella jaggy's jaggy's meat. Kent Burton. He went within zero point zero one lengths of the official winning margin for Bonneville Black last Saturday. So. Yeah, that was uh, very close to being exactly spot on the money. So well done, Kent. Hopefully you enjoy those succulent steaks from Market City Meats. Now, to enter this week's edition of the Get Out Steaks, which is race nine at Belmont on Saturday, please let us know who you think will win, uh, what horse will win, and a decimal winning margin, two decimal points preferred. Send that to at the11pod on Twitter, and then you'll be in the running for a, a gourmet beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. So remembering the Sam White rule, first in, best dressed. Terry. Mm, wonder if I'll get the invite round to share in the uh, the little meat pack. As, as it hasn't come yet, so I might not they be. They might actually. have gone already. You might have um, might have got stuck in. There, they would be. He has his steaks. How about this? So this is how he has his steaks, right? Well done, no sauce. Well done, no sauce. 
What's your thoughts on that? Um, no, and I, and I don't think he has pineapple with him. Either. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, well done. No, so now that's not really mm. my my cup of tea. But um, no. No, Each no, no. of their own when it comes to steaks, but he wouldn't want to be giving this the gourmet stuff the well done no sauce treatment. Surely, Kent, come on, mate. No, you better you better off get you better off getting the uh, if you're going to do that, just go grab a bloody a rump or a blade steak or something, <laughs> or just go get a dead squirrel <laughs> off the road somewhere and lob it on the uh, lob it on the grill. No, I'd be very very flat if I find out this was uh, this was eaten uh, well done. We need to do some digging to find out exactly what Kent's strategy mm. is because you can't mess around with these things. Like mm. this is this is the real deal. Yeah. So. But uh, congratulations, mate. Enjoy. Race nine of the day. Here we go. We're off to Crown again. Ooh, the Crown Perth Handicap, 1,200 metres. Graduation looks a tough one to finish Black Art Bart Stakes Day. I don't reckon it does, actually. I, I don't reckon this does look a tough one. I reckon the winner just it just stands out like a beacon, just like a flashing Light and I reckon, uh, I reckon that uh, is Don is good here, BJ. I think, uh, I think Don's legacy has a uh, a map you can only dream about in a sixteen horse, uh, twelve hundred meter race. Is there any other speed? Have you got anything taking Don's legacy on for the top here, BJ? No, the only other horse I thought who could who potentially can begin well and race on speed is the stable mate, Machine I Miss, but she hasn't really been jumping lately, so. No, she hasn't been. She was actually huge last start, Machine. Yeah. Missed, missed the kick, yeah. worked into a spot. Um, it was actually a really nice ride from Chrissy Graham and uh, worked into a spot and actually found the line really nicely. Mm. Uh, probably with the work she did earlier, was entitled to, to give up the ghost a little bit. So she is definitely one um, who can uh, race on speed, but geez, no, she can't. Um, she simply just can't get out the gates. But look, Don's legacy for me is, is a real simple selection and it is a very map orientated. Don's legacy is still the only horse that Chris Graham's won on since his suspension. So. Maybe give that win uh, over Bedouin Bell to start to go a little bit more um, credit than it uh, has on paper. But uh, the effort against uh, the really good ones last start, um, when having to take a sit because you had horses like We've Got Dreams, uh, Cliffs of Comfort, Me, Dolce. So Don's Legacy was never going to be able to lead those. But I thought Don's Legacy hit the line just as well yeah, as a good run. Yep. the majority yep. of them. So um, look back to this this type of grade with the claim. Interesting that Christie's riding for David all day and Christie doesn't have this ride. Isn't that just isn't this just an odd appointment? I don't understand why Christie Bennett wouldn't be the one in the saddle here. It, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me, but... I'm sure the, there is the a reason. Chopping, the chopping and changing of riders was one of the things that put me off Don's legacy, actually. Joe has a party first up, Chris Graham second up, Christy Bennett third up. Now we're going to Bo Benevic Edwards. I, I would like to, I'm sure the instructions would be just jump, run, rail, bow, and off you yep. go. So, yep. um, look, I, I, I've i marked Don's legacy four bucks knowing that it would be significantly longer. Um, not necessarily significantly, but I, I'm expecting Don's legs to be long, but there isn't much else in this race. Point, ta- point taken. Lucky Linda Lulu both look to map really nicely. Rebel Knight is a really, really nice racehorse returning off 301 days. Trial was good against some good ones. Um, makes sense in this race, but there isn't there isn't much here. We need to talk about expressionists, don't we? We do need to talk about. I see that's that's how my market looks. I've never got expressionist in me first uh, in me first six. So expressionist is not a Maddie Derrick horse. Said this with Bogart quite passionately yesterday. And expressionist is not a Maddie Derrick horse. Um, a horse that needs to be livened up. Uh, 
gets out of the ground late, hits the line hard over the, the 1,200 metres. It's also funny, I just want to mention, but the futures markets are out now. Expressionist is in the, the railway markets, but horses like Inspirational Girl and Western Pride aren't. Yeah. It's, quite, um, it's quite interesting whoever's done someone that. Must have, someone up. must have rung up for a quote. Well, man. yeah, I, oh, potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. I didn't think about that. But um, no, Expressionist for me is just a complete... I, um, was it, Expressionist was like the same price as Cup Night at one stage, which I found yes, quite incredible. yes. Certainly was, yeah. It's it was a very odd, odd one to include in the list, um, but no, I'm I'm going to be taking on Expressionist. No doubt that Expressionist is the best horse in this race, but um, the best horses often don't win the races because of the conditions and whatnot. Do not understand with the 58. What's the thought process here claiming? with the with the booking? Like why? Um, God. I can't answer that. Chris Parnham's on the other, yeah, the other runner. So. Would that mean that Devoted Star is the one that they're leaning to in that sense? I'm sure that Clint Johnston-Porter would have ridden Expressionist. He's on Massa Mac here, who will be a 1,000 to 1, so I have no doubt that Clint would have ridden if offered that ride. Um, put, put Chris Barnum on Expressionist. It's, it's almost a good thing in this race. It's just... It's just yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it would have, been, would have been very difficult to beat. The mm-hmm. price would... Well, my price would be cut. About a quarter. Um, yeah. yeah, it would probably be. Yeah, I've, as I said, I've got expressionist out the door. I've got a, a, a silly price, probably. But um, no, I'm I'm just going to go with the map horse here. Really happy with Don's legacy. Gets to the front. We're talking eight nine bucks. Um, I'm pretty sure for Donald at the minute, and that's um, that's ample for me to make this one of my better bets of the day. Good. Yeah, it was getting late when I attacked <laughs> when I attacked this oh, race last I night. I did this Guru. at about I did this at about one thirty. Yeah. This yeah. Morning. I was, yeah, I was, this was very similar late. similar range. So my. Um, my head was uh, I was I was beaten I was beaten by this stage of the day, but uh, I just uh, I just stuck with Rebel Night. Flies fresh. Darren McAuliffe can't do a lot wrong at the moment with his runners. They're flying. Mitchie Pateman's a good booking. I just think that uh, I like that they let him let up in in a trial behind stage man at Larkhill on September seventh. Had a good blowout there from a you know midfield. Do no work if you can get a nice sort of slingshot into the race. Rebel Knight has significant closing speed and he can uh, he can make things very interesting late. I expect him to be hitting the line with a full head of steam and I'm expecting him to be very very hard to beat. Expressionist obviously goes good. Tough steer for Maddie Derrick. They've really challenged her on the day and um, this is going to be a fascination on the day just to see how Maddie how, she's got some terrific rides but not not all um, suitable I suppose in, in, a, in a way so um, this is going to be terrific for, for her development hopefully um, and if she happens to, to, to steer Expressionist to, to victory from a sticky draw off a let up then that's a pretty good effort from, from this very promising three kilo claiming apprentice but happy to take her on. Point taken, lucky Linda Lulu, racing well, in form, map to advantage again and um, so they're, they're obviously have to be considered major players as well. Um, outside of them, I can see exactly where Terry's going with Don's legacy straight to the front, BBE, and um, see you back in the showers. And what's happened to Lactar? Has Lactar got time? He must have time. I think, he, I think so because he's not riding our mate. Um, it's a real Lactar horse, isn't it? Denim pack. So I think I think Lactar might be serving a, uh, a little suspension. bit of a suspension. So no Lactar, but uh, our man Magic Mike Santich is saddling up last start winner denim pack in uh, in the get out stakes. So can never be underestimated anything he takes to the races, Magic Mike. But um, but for me, I'm going with Rebel Knight on top. Jeez, Rebel Knight cost us a few bucks last campaign, um, didn't he? 
Yeah, pretty stiff did. from memory on both occasions. Um, yeah, I think Pikey yeah, especially ride, uh, especially second up behind Guns of Nav probably should have won conservatively by ninety nine yeah. lengths that day. So yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I might have absolutely sooked it after that one as well. Thirtieth of November, I reckon I was on course, absolutely sooking like a little just seething, seething. Yeah, hundred percent. So he's definitely the uh, the class runner here, old uh, Rebel Knight. It's just uh, whether he can handle the weight. First up, it's uh, one thing that this yard does better than anyone, um, maybe alongside Grant and Alana, is um, getting horses to perform off long breaks. Yeah, they're just really rocking and rolling at the moment, aren't they? Uh, impressive mm -hmm. racing, doing a terrific job with uh, with their team. They had another winner yesterday with Shake It, making it two from two. So that's the way I'm going in the last. I'm going Rebel Knight, the guru, pretty keen. Where are we? Don's legacy. Is Don is good. Don's legacy, yeah. Win, win only. Win only. Off the 28 days, I just... If he gets caught, they might all catch him, basically. So I don't think we need to go each way. Even if we're getting double figures, we just want to have all of the plonk on the win with Donald. Okay, Terry, it's time for our Betfair best betting proposition of the day, our Betfair best of the day. What have you come up with, Guru? Uh, it's a bit of a ding-donger this week um, between come right back as i said I'm, I'm really confident come right back will win the race if ridden correctly and ridden for its uh ridden to its strengths and vital silver as we touched on i, I more just want to speak about that race more but vital silver is just absolutely thrown in bj so um come right back come right back yeah I, I was pretty keen to lock in vital silver as well but i've ended up siding with long beach i uh, i marked him even money uh, Cliffs of Comfort in the race has allowed him to be a little bit better than that, as well as Eeyore Ways and a couple of others sort of grabbing some of the percentage of the market as well. I think Long Beach is destined for bigger and better. I think he'll be winning. Long Beach is my bet fair best. A chance of uh, really progressing into a winter bottom this campaign or is that uh, uh, a bit ambitious? I don't know... We didn't think no, that we didn't think that was Stageman last year. And so while Stageman didn't win it, Stageman was probably the unluckiest horse, not just in the winter bottom, but the majority of the lead up runs to the winter bottom too. Yeah, you can't really put a ceiling on these type of horses, can you? No, like he hasn't really he hasn't hasn't raced much. Uh he just he took care of business last start, as he's done all season. Um or sorry, all preparation rather. So yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him elevate even further and, and progress into a couple of winter bottom stakes. Lead up races, and if he goes well there, then he'll he'll earn his uh, he'll earn his opportunity at the big weight for age group one. Now, Maddie, for all our listeners, we uh, every week we throw out a Maddie and uh, long shot twenty to one. That's twenty one dollars plus. Terry, um, you came up with long uh, throwdown. Sorry, last Saturday, who snuck home into third place in the last of the day. Can you repeat the dose for the one one faithful? We'll go, we'll go a double up this week. I feel like I've mentioned Whoa. a couple. And the funny thing is, they're in the same two races as my two best. So it feels a bit, uh, yeah, it's not, not the way we, we'd, we'd want it to be. I'd like them to be in different races, but at the prices they are, we're not going to need a huge amount on. Butterly Lad rolls 53 and a half, 31 bucks. Very happy with that price. Media Baron, triple figures in the feature. If everything goes to plan, crazier things have happened. So uh, Butterly Lad, Media Baron, you get two this week. Added, added bonus there from mm. uh, <laughs> just a little bonus Maddie there for the listeners. A so, cherry on top. <laughs> my my Maddie comes up in the get-out stakes, race nine, is horse number 10, 
Beffinger, currently you can, I think you can get $31, $34 at the moment. Went ordinary first up, uh, but is a lot better than that. Has form around Levitate, knocked off Santa Brianna at Ascot in December last year. Was a $20 chance in a red-hot Magic Millions at Pinjarra uh, last February. Has a bit of class about her, does Befunjar, expecting sharp improvement second up, and I reckon she's over, currently over the odds in a, in a wide-open race. If you can get... 30 or 40 dollars beth and jar then i think that's madness would need to improve but uh top end form easily good enough easily good enough yes so hopefully neville parnham can uh can get can click her into gear and she can uh, she can elevate second up all right that brings our preview to a close now mm-hmm. horses to follow uh, we've got our a set or our b set for that we're keeping some to ourselves this week terry or are we are we launching uh, well, we're going to touch on a few older boys. We always like to talk about horses on the rise, and we could mention a horse like Triple Missile and um, and some young ones. I'm going to just going to look at a couple of the old boys, and uh, a couple of horses I think might just they literally might just have one win left in them. Um, the first one is the Cat Ratcher. I uh, was backed into near favoritism for our friend of the podcast, Mario Delina. Um, it was a really nice run. I think if they can get a, a senior on and find a Saturday 60 plus, they can go forward and maybe even lead or be, be a bit more aggressive. I think the Cat Ratch has got one more run, run in him. And feels like feels like 800 metres at Ascot, the Cat Ratch has got its name yeah, written all over it. Yeah. Yeah, even 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 two thousand. I think he um, I think he gets a journey, uh, and the other one, and we definitely wanted two uh, in front of this one. Uh, anything anything below twenty two hundred, and we're going to battle. If we can find the right map, I reckon there's been enough merit in the last two runs of sacks on sacks off for there to be one more victory in the uh, in the old boy. I think the victory might come on a Wednesday and not a Saturday, um, but I think that sacks on sacks off is genuinely about to needs it needs the map. Sacks on sacks off needs the map. Um, um, but I think that a win is very, very close for Saxon. Osti Galati on or off for the victory? Off, probably, yeah, off, probably. I'm gonna need, I won't be jumping in with Aussie Galati. I'd love to see it's a horse. I'd love to see M. Derek probably go on, to be honest with you, or um numerous others. But um yeah, I it, the map would have to be super for me and the price would have to probably uh, reflect that as well for, for me to get stuck into Aussie. But uh, I think there's one more win very soon in Saxon. Sax off. Okay. My horses to follow include Hoover, uh, ran a really good race on debut at Northern last Thursday, uh, was sort of wide throughout and sort of kept kept kicking strongly in the race, won by timescale. And what was the third horse? Was the Fibonacci? It was sort of cramped for room in between them. I thought that there was um, Hoover ran really well and um, got some wins in him. I didn't for miss sure. that, did they? Hoover? Um, no, the Fibonacci. The Fibonacci, was- yeah. Two thirty into a dollar seventy late or something. Timescale got out to a fairly large price in that race. It was, um, yeah, some fairly confident backing for a first starter there. Yeah, yeah. Was it? I reckon that's going to be a pretty, pretty decent form reference moving forward. That particular mm. Northern Maiden. Obviously, yep. you mentioned Triple Missile, which was super impressive two Wednesdays ago. Yesterday, we we got another look at Outback Jack. Mm. He was good, wasn't he? And um, you notice both these runs, he's had a flat spot in the turn. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. Flat spot in the turn comes again, and and Darren basically caught him in big trouble. I think. I don't, again, I don't. I don't do live betting, but it's a type of situation on the exchange where, if you hopped in, you wait for the flat spot. He hopped out to it. You know the flat spot's coming. He probably would naturally drift on that on that flat spot, and that's when you hop in. So interesting if that's something they can iron um, iron out of his uh, repertoire. 
word on the street is that he uh, they have him pegged as a potential WA Derby horse in mm. the autumn. So interesting to see whether they pursue this current preparation or whether they tip him out and bring him back for a crack at um, the classics in um, in 2021. But he's a horse with a uh, heap of ability, heap of upside too. So looking forward to seeing what Outback Jack can produce in his three-odd season. She's probably not a horse to follow, but geez, I was taken with the effort of inspirational girl last Saturday, 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kept coming. How did Western so- Pride not? How did Western Pride not get past Patristi? <laughs> honestly, like how I'd- how has it taken you this long not to not to bring up Western? Oh, Pride? I was sooking heavily. I just sooking the Western. I was just, and then I had Aragon going for a small fortune with a massive percentage of the quaddy and opt in at the twenty odds, and just the Aragon Cliffs of Comfort, Western Pride treble on the day. It's just. Just heartbreaking, BJ. This game is a great, great, great leveler. It builds characters, and yeah, my, my character is just—you can't see it. It's that tall at the minute, BJ. It's, it's, it's very <laughs> strongly, it's very strongly built. It's not the Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, so so inspirational girl was uh, was super in running third last last week off a let up. I am um, looking. F- Really interested to see what they do programming-wise with her. So keep an eye out for Inspirational Girl. Whatever she goes around in next, I reckon she's going to be very, very hard to beat, mm-hmm. which goes without saying. And we've already mentioned him, but Bogart was um, was a real eye-catcher at his first half for Adam Durant. Belmont yesterday, I suspect a senior rider will more than likely go on next start and um, Bogart, um, as a four-year-old now, um, might be able to furnish into the horse that we've always suspected he may do. So keep an eye out on him as well. Um, Top-notch trialers, just a quick three. We're running out of time, but top-notch trialers, I thought the performance in Heat 5 at Lark Hill on Monday, Salaya. Darren McCauliff, impressive racing. I think Saleya might have even been a competitor in a Karakata plate from memory. Um, she, uh, she's she got a bit of ability now, a three-year-old filly. Uh, Saleya will be placed to advantage, hopefully, first up and should be very hard to beat. It was good to see some sort sort of uh, back in um, back on top of her game, or his game, rather. Always called him a filly, but it's actually a, a gelding, some sort from the Adam Durant yard. Uh, lost his way last preparation, but um, wasn't alone when it, in that particular camp at that particular time. So, But some sort looked back to his best in heat six when he won comfortably. And I have been keeping an eye on a horse by the name of Jedi Mind, Brett Pope, Jade McNaught won Heat 13 of the day. If you haven't caught the replay of Jedi Mind from Heat 13, take a look. He um, He's an unraced three-year-old, and I imagine that he'll be uh, – Brett Pope will be on the lookout for a suitable maiden assign- debut assignment for Jedi Mind, and he'll be very, very hard to beat. Very good. Anything you're in, top-notch? No, one of mine trialed on Monday, uh, $180,000 horse, and um, you couldn't figure out how to lift its legs, so I'm pretty happy with that purchase. No, it's, uh, it'll, it'll get out to a journey. It's, uh, it's a so you think, uh, Billy, it'll, it'll get it out to a journey, and I'm sure it'll uh, run some races, but uh, no, nothing uh, nothing on my end to, uh, uh, in the top-notch trialer section, BJ. Okay. Um, nothing really from... Uh, from a whatever happened to point of view, although Sean Mears was mentioned in one of our mastermind questions, mm-hmm. I just had a look to see. He hasn't ridden since 2017. 
obviously he's um, hung up the boots. I'm not exactly sure what he's up to. But, yeah, if you've got any information on whatever happened to Sean Mears, send it through. I do remember one day he picked up the ride on Dreamaway, I think it was, in the Natasha Stakes, jumped on board for the Cerise and White and rode it like an absolute demon and it bolted in. Um, then went on to win the uh, W Oaks and W Derby from memory. But I'll never forget, Sean Mears got pulled off the pine late to – jump on to dream away and got the job done for Bob and Sandra and the team. So um, any any information on Sean Mears, uh, much appreciated. Not a bad pickup ride, is it? Yeah, yep. Mm. Pikey would have been impressed with the way that he handled him handled that horse on the day. But yeah, Mearsy, whatever happened to him? Oh, well, that brings us to the end of a uh, another episode of the 1-1, one, one, a cracking black heart Bart birthday stakes. Is it still called the black? It's just the birthday's gone completely. Not just sure. the black heart Bart now. Yeah, I think it's just Thanks. the black heart Bart. It's a cracking, cracking, cracking edition. I really feel like we can uh, build into the carnival, get into, get into Ascot, and um, it really does feel like um, racing is back. Proper racing is back. So looking forward to the uh, the coming weeks. As we said before, if anyone's uh, keen to, to host alongside Bernard Ryan next week, um, <laughs> let us know, um, or if someone you may know of wants to wants to pop along. I don't know if I'll be in the um, the best condition on the Thursday morning to uh, to do the phone in and um, and get involved with uh, with the uh, production of the one one but you never know you, but uh, give us a hard home? riding under sufferance we i reckon i reckon i'd want a strong jockey on board i'd suggest yeah i'd, I'd want someone that's uh proficient in the use of the shillelagh at that stage of proceedings <laughs> 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 um but no looking forward to it i'm uh, thoroughly excited to get to kalgoorlie next week and um, i'm actually looking forward to uh, dissecting a few more kalgoorlie cards down there but uh, enjoy the long weekend everyone stay safe punt well and until next week on the 1-1. One, one.